Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. Well, I, I know that the media has a lot of things on their hands. There's no games right now, so they have, they're very active. So there's been a lot of communications, a lot of conversations with people. you got to look at it this way. It might take me a year, year and a half to put together a schedule normally, and when those two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, announced that they were going conference only and opened up games, you're talking about trying to get – it's not just me, but most of those athletic directors and coaches that had their games canceled had to all of a sudden start sprinting. So I've had a lot of conversations with a number of people. Some have been reported from their side. And uh, I think that they'll continue uh, today and tomorrow and until this goes to the point where we're playing football. All right, that was Tom Homo talking about the ever-evolving situation of college football scheduling. And over the weekend... It was rumored that Alabama, who has to replace their game, of course, against USC at Jerry World, which, quick side note, do you know Alabama's take from that was going to be $6 million? Just their share of it? Just their share of it. Wow. Now, I've been advocating for BYU in specific for years to play more neutral site games. I have no idea why college football uh, or teams for college aren't playing as many neutral site games as they possibly can because you can sell them independently. Anyway, and six, you don't have to staff the stadium. You don't have to take any right. of that. Right? Yeah. You're just you're just uh, putting those gold bars in the plane and flying them home. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. I don't is know that why what Jerry pays in his gold bars. No, uh, I don't. I'm not kidding. Now that they have that that beautiful new stadium in Vegas, BYU should play a game there a year. I think they should anyway. It'd be good for the old coffers. But nonetheless, Alabama looking to uh, schedule an opponent if the SEC does play a 12 game schedule, and uh, it looks like. Maybe there's a deal in the works to take on BYU. Now, uh, DJ and PK had a, a beat writer from Tuscaloosa on this morning, and he said that it was likely going to be a, a home game for Alabama, and that makes some sense. They're not coming to Provo. They're not going to – I guess they could play in Jerry World. But honestly, if you can't have fans in the stands, then what – Yeah, that's the point. Might as well play in Tuscaloosa. Now, there have to be some sort of negotiation. I don't know if Alabama would be willing to play or, excuse me, pay for this game or what. Maybe ESPN would give BYU a little bump because I'm sure the game would be on ESPN. Oh, yeah. Or ABC. Or C- it could be CBS, I guess, since CBS still has some rights to oh, the, SEC. the SEC. And it's an SEC home game. Right. So maybe it would be. In fact, it probably, it probably unless the, unless... CBS defers and says, nah, right. then ESPN would take it. I would guess BYU would find a way to make some money on it. But How? Because if there's know. no one in the stands and, and all that. They don't get a cut of the gate. All I'm know. seeing all weekend, Jake, is if you have a chance to play Alabama, you absolutely do it. And I think under normal circumstance that makes sense. But why Why now? What, what, what's, the, what's the benefit of playing Alabama when there's really no money to be made from playing Alabama. The compensation, I think, would have to come from Alabama. They, I mean, at very least, it's a tremendous expense to get down there. I mean, right. So, I mean, BYU's not going to cut off its nose to spite its face, regardless of the fan base's desire to play Alabama. So, And we're in, uh, in the weeds a little bit here. There'd have to be some sort of 
way for both institutions to to salvage money. Alabama had come through, uh, you know, a check from, well, the SEC after a check from CBS, right? But with BYU, they'd have to find some way to make it worth their while, or they wouldn't do it. So it's just money. Because oh, I, I think I they want to play too. I'm sure BYU wants to play. Lose by fifty. You will um, lose by fifty. Yeah, go play. BYU's got a good team. I mean, they're not better than Alabama team, and they could they could lose big, sure, but they've also got a chance to put up a fight. I uh, Austin, I'm old enough to remember. Speaking of Jerry World, a plucky uh, young quarterback named Max Hall going in there and coming out with a victory over unbeatable Oklahoma. Yeah, that was a really really stacked BYU squad though. It was a good senior-laden, talented, yeah. But Oklahoma had the number one pick in the draft. Who was out in what number of minutes? Who was that that linebacker that hurt? Colby Clawson. Colby Clawson, that's right. But anyway, point being, you never know. And don't we just yeah. want to see? I mean, college football. I'm sure BYU fans want to see it. They they may get worked. I don't know. I I mean, we'll get to your news here in in just a second. But uh, I think uh, DHC aside. I think BYU is pretty good. Like that offensive line, Zach Wilson takes another step. Matt Bushman has a breakout year, another breakout year, a step forward year, whatever. He could be pretty good on offense. Well, and I, I think the the fact remains is BYU has lost five games already on their schedule. Correct? Yeah. That it, we're all looking around, going, "Okay, BYU's got to fill those holes somewhere." And we've been mentioning FCS schools. And uh, double headers against teams like UMass and, and things like that. And then Bama comes a calling. That's an absolute victory, even if you lose by 50. In a season when Tom Homo has five holes to fill, and oh, ho hum, he just adds Alabama. Yeah, you absolutely take that as a win. All right, let's talk about Devontae Henry Cole for a moment uh, here. Austin, you did some digging over the weekend. Well, last week I heard from someone down in uh, in Provo around the team, not an employee of the team, but around the team, who had said that there was some uh, talk that Devontae Henry Cole, who just transferred to BYU this offseason from from Utah, grad transfer, uh, was thinking about now transferring again. And I, I said, oh, okay, I'll keep an eye on that. It's just one person. I'm not an investigative journalist. I'm not, I don't break things like that. I just more or less have an opinion when those things happen. Well, then, late last week, you saw some things popping up here and there on the rumor mills. And so I reached out to someone in Salt Lake who is familiar with the University of Utah football goings-on. And they also, independently of my provost source, pretty much said the exact same thing that Devonta Henry Cole is eyeing an entrance into the transfer portal once again with the assumed plan to play at Utah State. And Gary Anderson, in an interview with Hanson Scotty last week, kind of hinted there was another transfer coming. That's right, yeah. So maybe maybe this is it. And so, But my reaction is, is it's, it's rare to see a player transfer from, you know, once from Utah to BYU or BYU to Utah, but then to see them before they even play a snap for that other team they transfer to, to transfer again, and this time to Utah State. My question to you, Jake, is a little bit of a, a, a around BYU fan pride. Are they hurt if Devonta Henry Cole spurns BYU before he even plays a snap and goes to what BYU fan would consider a step-down program at Utah State? Um, Again, BYU fan considers that a step-down, not necessarily what I think. Uh, hurt, no. Uh, BYU's got some depth. 
at the running back position. They've got like 12 running backs. Yeah, they got a bunch of them. Uh, hurt, I mean, what's your speculation as to the reason why? Do, do we have something floating out there, or do we want to wildly guess? Because it, it could be something as simple as he's good friends with Jason Shelley, well, right? Well, that's been mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the other thing that has been mentioned in one of my, my – uh, people told me this is he's got a girlfriend that plays soccer at Utah State. Sure. Uh, but, you know, he had that. She was his girlfriend when he chose to move to Provo, too. So that that was not. Well, maybe he cashed BYU's check already. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Uh, well, <laughs> well, he got baptized. So then 10 percent of that check goes back. Oh, well, there but, you go. Uh, but uh, no, I think the moreover idea is that Devonta Henry Cole has dreams and hopes and aspirations of playing on Sunday. Yeah. And BYU losing five Power Five scheduled games that that he originally signed on to be a part of, I think that that then you go and you say, well, Utah State at least has a conference schedule that they're going to hold on to and play a full schedule. Hmm. And I think that that gives him an opportunity to be in front of some scout eyes that he loses if he doesn't if he stays at BYU and they don't have a full schedule. Interesting. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to hear from Quinn Snyder. Uh, he did a. Zoom availability, a media availability, whatever we're calling it. Uh, we're going to get to that coming up next. Good job on that uh, on that story, Austin. I know you talked about it in the uh, in the EP podcast. Oh, real quick, what were you doing recording a podcast at like three in the morning? It was midnight. It wasn't three in the morning. I got up this morning and saw it on Twitter. I was like, "What is the <laughs> matter with Austin?" <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I've moved. I used to do that every day, Monday through Friday. Life kind of gets in the way with a family at times, and so I moved it to three times a week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And sometimes that's the only available time for me to do said podcast. Is, so is Sunday night or Monday morning at two? It was not at two. At two, it was just a shade after midnight, and I had that news wanted, to, and it was fresh, so I wanted to get it and then go to bed. Which I did, and okay. my wife and my baby were asleep, so I just went in the basement, laid that thing down. and Okay. I just saw that. But it's a, it Austin. is a little lunatic. A, a little Austin, give yourself a break. A, a little Go loose. to bed. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm working very hard, round the clock. Uh, all right, let's hear from uh, Quinn Snyder, the Jazz head coach. He had media availability uh, earlier today, and uh, Jazz availability presented by University of Utah Health. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. Here's what Quinn had to say. You're just a few days away now from the first of these uh, these scrimmages that you're going to be having. What are you looking for specifically out of this out of this first one? Is there is there anything specific you're trying to see in terms of the progress that you've made since you've been in Orlando? Yeah, I, I think similar to when we got here, um, we felt like we needed to play a lot, um, whether it be scrimmage or you know up and down. Um, on both ends just to kind of get a feel for um, who our group is and, and how they interact. Um, as that's gone forward, um, we've been able to focus on, you know, habits more in some situations. So I think in this game, um, I, th- I think we, we need to do the same, kind of the same philosophy as far as just playing, um, playing the way that we play, defending the way that we want to defend. And um, there'll be some game plan situations that will present themselves to us. Um, And the other thing is, you know, we want to be smart about how much we play our guys and um, try to get out of it as much as we can, but also 
you know, stay healthy and, and try to stay fresh while still really competing. Thanks, Hugh. All right, next question will be from Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Hey, Quinn, have you noticed now a few weeks in if there's anything you can't do? Do you not have access to something that you can traditionally do in practice back here in Salt Lake? No, I, I think, you know, the, the NBA has done a terrific job, and each day you feel more and more confident, more and more comfortable in the situation. You know, the way their courts are structured, you know, there, there's only four baskets. Um, so there are a few things that that um, you have to combine some things and different, you know, you just don't have as much space, um, which can impact in, in a number of ways. But, you know, we're used to that um, in shoot arounds and things during the year, you only have two baskets. So it's just a little bit of an adjustment in that case. But, you know, the facilities are great. And, um, you know, watching film is a little bit harder, um, given kind of more limited space. But we even have access to, you know, to TVs and, and stuff where we can do that on the court as well. So, you know, I think by and large, it's a, a really, really good setup. And like I said, I think a lot of effort and energy has gone in um, to looking at all those details. Thank you. Okay, next question. Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Quinn, I'm just curious, how do you think um, some players re will react to playing without a crowd, maybe less energized, more energized? I don't know. Just uh, any thoughts on that subject? You know, I, I think there'll be things that, that we can do during the game um, that will enhance the experience in a lot of ways. Uh, without a crowd, you know, certainly it's going to be a little different. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think – players in our league love to play they love to compete and it's not like there there won't be stuff on the line that um that motivates you the, the same way um in a typical setting um but again to the degree that you know your crowd particularly at home um gives you a lift uh, can help provide momentum and energy in situations even when you're tired um that that's obviously not going to be there so you've got to find other ways to accomplish that Okay, next question, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, have you thought at all about whether or not you're going to go to the other team's games or whether or not um, any of your players are going to go and if there's value or just entertainment in that? Well, that, you know, as far as the players go, that that's something that, that's up to them. And certainly, um, you know, I think there's – not only some entertainment value as far as being able to get out of the hotels and, you know, and do something that's a little bit different um, for us coaches, you know, I think, you know, there's certainly a scouting opportunity, uh, but I don't know, you know, to commit ahead of time to how many games or exactly, you know, what we're going to do. I, I think as people get more comfortable um, with the environment through the scrimmages, you know, that'll become more clear as well. Okay, uh, we have one more question. This is uh, from Eric Walden, a follow-up question. Thank you. So uh, Donovan has frequently referred to the environment as kind of like an AAU atmosphere, given that you guys are, you know, staying in the same hotel as other teams and other players. Joe kind of likened it to, you know, an international tournament for the same reason. Have you had any thoughts along those lines, just kind of the, the weirdness of constantly being around other teams, other players, other coaches all the time. Does that change what you do at all? Does that enhance the atmosphere at all? Well, I think both Donovan and Joe are right in that assessment. You know, we eat together as a team um, in a specific space. You know, the, the idea of, of players 
um, interacting and even just passing each other in the hallway um, is, is similar to, to what you have in AU situations or even a camp. Um, I do think that that environment will be impacted as we start the seeding games and certainly in the playoffs where um, it's just natural, you know, guys um, that have spent time hanging out, talking to each other when you get in a really competitive environment. Um, I don't think it'll be, you know, contentious at all. But I do think guys are going to, you know, not everybody's going to be saying hi when they walk by each other in the hall. And I think guys respect that about one another um, because they're competitors and, you know, people want to win and they'll approach that the same way. That's not to say it won't happen either. I, I think these guys, you know, they're so professional and, and understand how to be professional, you know, even in, in a competitive situation. There you go. That was jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, Austin, what do you think? We're going to see a bunch of, uh, other teams' players at all these games? Because I, I know if I were in that situation, I'd be going. Why not? What else do you have to do? Go golf? Right. Not play doubles ping pong? Well, play golf in the morning. <laughs> nice. Thank See, you for that. what I did there? I, I'd play golf in the morning. Go to games all afternoon. It, I mean, it, it'd be it, awesome. If you want, if you're there to win the whole thing, I don't see why you would not take advantage of that opportunity. We did that in, in uh, Little League or whatever, where yeah. you'd, you'd mm-hmm. have a game in between and you'd stay and you'd watch the other team that you might play the next night or whatever. That's just smart. It's just what you do. Well, but maybe you could also do that on the TV in, in your apartment, in your hotel room, not clothed if you wish. Here's the thing, though. If, you know... If you're at those games watching those games, you know what you're not doing? Playing doubles ping pong. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, not to doubt the dedication of NBA players to responsible behavior, but if you are at the game, you're not playing doubles ping pong. Can't do both. You can't yeah. do both. You're either playing doubles ping pong. Which is or, against the rules. Which is against the rules, or you're at the game. So if I were a coach or GM, I'd think like, okay, being at the game is positive for this player on a number of different levels, especially scouting, of course, like Quinn Snyder talked about right there. Will we see, obviously they can't mandate that they be there, but will we see strong arms suggestion that they stick around and watch the other games? I really have no idea. Because it, what would and, you do if you were and, the coach? Well, because this is this is serious too. It, the mental sanity is, is a thing, and so you want to give the players freedom to uh, behave responsibly by not playing doubles ping pong, but at the same time uh, have some way to get away from it all, right? Okay, maybe it's taking an extra. The long last nap. three and a half, four months wasn't enough. Uh, no, I, I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But, yeah, I I think that other distractions will be necessary. Uh, Just not doubles ping pong. Soft. Do (laughs) your job. You're there to work. You're not there to hang out and enjoy freshman year 2.0. I know, but you're there. Soft. You're you're isolated 24-7. Soft. We all need. I mean, Austin, you're isolated in the, the the Floridian or whatever it's called. It's, you're not you're not isolated in Helaman Hall's Provo. It still is is isolation. It's still do your job. But I I bet we see a lot of other 
other players, certainly. You'll see the smart ones. All right. Uh, of course, the Jazz availability presented by University of Utah Health, the official health care provider for the Utah Jazz and you. With 16 neighborhood health centers, U of U Health has a game plan for your family's care. Visit uofuhealth.org slash jazz. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.